the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. Second Chronicles, the uh, seventh chapter. I'm going to start reading at verse 12, dear ones. Notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares, which it says, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. On today, dear ones, I would like for us to return to the subject that we had begun to deal with the last time that we were together. Um, the last time we were together, we started dealing with this subject, and so I, I'd like for us to go back and go a little farther with it on today. Now, the subject that we had begun to deal with addresses the issue of us starting over again in our walk and in our relationship with the Lord. So we started talking about starting over again and the need, the, the, the recurring need that every true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ will have to find themselves needing to start over again in their walk and in their relationship with the Lord. Amen. And then we also talked about not just starting over again, but doing it in such a way that it will prove to be effective and successful for us. Because we also talked about how a person can start over again, but you start over again doing things in such a way that you're almost guaranteeing yes. you're not going to be successful. Amen. And so we talked about starting over again in a way that is effective and successful. And on today, I would like for us to move a little farther into this topic by taking a look at what we are told, not necessarily in Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter. The Lord say the same. We'll get to that in time to come. But on today, I'd like for us to look at Second Chronicles, the sixth chapter, um, because as we do that, we want to do so taking note of the topic 
things that we need to remember when starting over in order to do it right. Things that we need to remember when starting over in order to do it right. Now, in our time together last time, dear ones, we as we address this whole topic of starting over again with the Lord, we focused our attention on the verses of Scripture that are found for us in Second Chronicles, the fifth chapter. We, and we primarily just dealt with verses 13 and 14, um, which spoke to us about the setting that was there and was present at that time that King Solomon began to pray his prayer of dedication to the Lord that was being done in order to dedicate the house that he had just finished building for the Lord. So when we started looking at this whole thing, we started talking about how King Solomon had built a house for the Lord. He had built this this magnificent place of worship for the Lord. And after he had finished it all, he began to pray a prayer of dedication. And he had brought all, he had taken all the holy articles and he had taken the holy items that were to be in the temple. And he took the ark of God, which represented the presence of God. And he brought that in. And then he began to pray this prayer of dedication. Um, and we're told in Second Chronicles, the fifth chapter, verses 13 and 14, we are told that at that time, as the singers and the musicians began to play their instruments and to sing in order to make one sound to be heard, so they were unified, they were organized, they were together in what they endeavored to do. And we're also told that as they began to praise and to thank the Lord, so their, their focus was on praising and thanking the Lord at that time. And then we are also told that as they began to focus their attention on giving God praise and giving God thanks on for, for basically for two particular and specific things. They began to give God praise and thanks, one, for his character. Because they said, for the Lord is good. And then the second thing they began to give God praise and thanks for was for his conduct. Because they said, his mercy endures forever. And so God is merciful to all that call upon him. And so they began to praise and thank the Lord for his character and for his conduct. And as they began to do that, dear ones, we're told that the glory of the Lord, which represented the presence of the Lord, descended upon that place to such a degree that those that were in the house were forced to leave out. They could no longer stand in the house any longer because the glory of the Lord that was there was so intense, they were not able to stand in that place and in that presence any longer. And so the glory of the Lord, the Shekinah glory of the Lord descended upon the temple, upon the house that that Solomon had built. And it was so intense. It was it was so intense that those individuals who had the responsibility of being in the temple, they could no longer stay in that place. God's glory was so intense that they just had to leave out. Now, dear ones, I want to encourage everybody, because as you look at Second Chronicles, the sixth chapter, as we continue on with this thing and you look at Second Chronicles, the sixth chapter, there are 42 verses. And, and there's no way we're going to read all 42 verses on today, at, at least at this particular time. We'll deal with a lot of them, but we're not going to read all of them. But so I want to encourage everybody to read the whole chapter for yourself. Read Second Chronicles, the sixth chapter, the entire chapter, which gives you the entire prayer of Solomon. Read it for yourself. But on today, dear ones, for our time and our purposes, there are some observations concerning what Solomon says in his prayer that I would like for us to take note of. There are some things that Solomon specifically says in this prayer that we need to take note of. The first, as we look at Second Chronicles, the sixth chapter, dear ones, notice what we're told in verses one and two. It says, then Solomon said, 
The Lord has said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. But I have built a house of habitation for you and a place for your for your dwelling forever. So the first thing we want to take note of is that Solomon, the glory of the Lord has descended upon the house that Solomon had built. As I said, the glory of the Lord was so intense that the people that were in there had to leave out. They could not stay and remain in that place because God's glory was so intense in there. In response to that, Solomon says the Lord has said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. In response to all that Solomon is seeing, in response to all that is taking place, Solomon's comment about it is he says that the Lord said, God said he would dwell in the thick darkness. Now, dear ones, the statement that Solomon makes here is actually a reference to something that the Lord had told Moses to tell his brother Aaron. And Aaron was the individual who was chosen to be the first high priest for the people of Israel. And so the statement that Solomon makes here is actually a reference to what God told Moses to tell Aaron. God told Moses, Moses, tell Aaron this. And Aaron was the first high priest that God had chose to be over the people of Israel. And that's recorded for us, dear ones, in the book of Leviticus. So everybody turn, turn with me to the book of Leviticus, the 16th chapter. Leviticus 16, I want for us to read the first two verses. Leviticus, the 16th chapter. Dear ones, notice what we're told in verses 1 and 2 of Leviticus 16. It says, And the Lord spake, the Lord spoke unto Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they offered before the Lord and died. And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron your brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, that he die not. For I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. That is what that's what Solomon is referring to. God said he would dwell in the thick darkness. God says, I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. Now, dear ones, the circumstances that surrounded the death of Aaron's two sons is outlined for us in Leviticus, the 10th chapter. So everybody turn to Leviticus, the 10th chapter, because we're dealing with Aaron's two sons that died, his two oldest sons that died. And God responds to Aaron and responds to Moses by telling Moses to tell Aaron something specific that relates to the death of his two sons. Now, the circumstances of their death is outlined for us in Leviticus, the 10th chapter, starting at verse one. Dear ones, notice what we're told there. It says, and Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon. And offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said unto Aaron, this is it that the Lord spoke, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come near me. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Now, it is based upon what we are told here, dear ones, that what we can see began to take place at this time was Aaron's two oldest sons, whose names were Nadab and Ibihu. They attempted to come before the Lord in a way that was unadvised, that was presumptuous, and that was unacceptable to the Lord. 
What they did was they took the censers that had been given to them for them to use in their service to the Lord. And they put fire in them and took some of the incense that was to be used solely for the Lord and attempted to offer strange fire before the Lord. So they in other words, dear ones, they took those things that the Lord had given to them for them to use in their service to him and for him. They took those things that God gave them to use for his service and they began to use them in ways that had not been commanded, that were not honoring to the Lord and were not acceptable to the Lord. And to compound all of these things, to compound all of it, back in Leviticus, the 10th chapter, notice what we're told, starting at verse 8, it says, And the Lord spoke unto Aaron, saying, Drink not wine, nor strong drink, you nor your sons with you, when you go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and that you may put difference between holy and unholy and between unclean and clean and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken unto them by the hand of Moses to compound everything else. So they took fire. They took their censers. Actually, they, they, they took they took their their censers that God had given them to use for his service. They put fire in those censers that God had given them to use for his service. They took incense that was only supposed to be used for the Lord, and they took that and put that on the fire to to give out a smell. To To compound everything, dear ones, they did all of this while they were drunk. Watch yourself. That's why God brings up the whole issue of saying, don't come before me drinking alcohol. Amen. Don't come before me like that. On, don't, man. don't, don't, don't. Tell, tell. The Lord says to Aaron, Aaron, don't you know your sons? Don't drink alcohol. Don't drink a strong drink. And then attempt to come before me. Come because it will cause, that's what he says, I need you to be able to teach the people. Yeah. You can't teach them when you're drunk. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, If you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on this station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. To compound everything else. So they took fire. They took their censers. Actually, they, they, they took, they took their, their censers that God had given them to use for his service. They put fire in those censers that God had given them to use 
for his service. They took incense that was only supposed to be used for the Lord, and they took that and put that on the fire to give out a smell. To to compound everything, dear ones, they did all of this while they were drunk. That's why God brings up the whole issue of saying, don't come before me drinking alcohol. Don't come before me like that. Don't, 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 don't. Tell, tell. The Lord says to Aaron, Aaron, don't you know your sons, don't drink alcohol, don't drink strong drink, and then attempt to come before me. Because it will cause, that's why he says, I need you to be able to teach the people. You can't teach them when you're drunk. You can't, you be slurring your words and the gospel and the law said you, you can't you can't even talk right. And so and so the Lord tells them, he says, Aaron, the problem that Nadab and Ibu had was one, they were doing something I did not command. Two, they were taking things that I had given for them to use in service to me, and they were using it any kind of way they wanted to. And three, they were doing it in an inebriated state. Come on, Pastor. Amen. And so by Solomon bringing all of this up at that particular time, back in 2 Chronicles 6, by Solomon bringing all of this up at that particular time that he is dedicating the house, this house that he has built to the Lord, and the presence of God is descending upon that place, by Solomon bringing all of that up at that time, he is letting it be known that he is fully aware of the solemnness and the seriousness of the moment that he is in right now. Solomon realizes that right now, I'm in the presence of Almighty God. Right now, I'm in God's presence. Right now, he's here. Right now, I'm in his presence. And because I'm in his presence, I can't come any old kind of way I think. Any old kind of way I won't. And so the first observation that we can see from this text that we have before us in 2 Chronicles, the sixth chapter, dear ones, the first observation is this. There needs to be an awareness that enables us to realize that there are obligations and responsibilities that are associated with being in the presence of God. There are obligations and responsibilities that are associated with being in the presence of God. And with being given the privilege of being able to serve the Lord. And being given the privilege of having his favor upon your life. Amen. A lot of times, I I I can't remember where I was, but but somebody had made the comment, you know, well, well, God says, come as you are. You can come, you know, come as you are. You just come to the Lord any way you want to. Just come as you are. And I'm thinking in my mind, yes, God says, yes, come as you are. But he also says, you can't stay as you are. Come on, Pastor. You can come as you are, but you can't stay as you are. There there needs to be an awareness. There needs to be an awakening that all of us begin to have that helps us to realize, dear ones, we serve a God who is omnipresent. So wherever we are, we are in his presence. We are in the presence of God. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we're in the presence of God. We're talking about wanting to receive revival and wanting to be revived in our souls and wanting to God to do a fresh thing and a new thing and starting over with the Lord. Dear ones, all of this begins with us realizing we serve an almighty God and we are in his presence wherever we go. There needs to be an awareness that I'm in God's presence. 
There was a person being given the life-giving privilege of being in the Lord's presence. Because in the Lord's presence, there was there is life. Yes. When you yes. enter, if you're feeling dry in your soul, if you're feeling dead in your spirit, if you're feeling that you the joy of the Lord is no longer where like it used to be, and you ain't having it like you used to have it, and it's not there like it once was. Dear ones, if you're feeling that kind of thing in your soul, then you need to begin to realize at some point, in some time, and in some way, I have left out of the Lord's presence. I'm not in his presence any longer. He's, he's there. He didn't leave me. I left him. It's not that God left me. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I can't say the same about you, though. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I can't say you won't leave me or forsake me. See, we ain't never looked at the scripture like that. We ain't never looked at it like that. God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He didn't say you will never leave me and you will never forsake me. And so if we are not experiencing the joy of the Lord and the peace of the Lord and the life-giving presence of the Lord like we once were, probably it's because we left out of his presence. We left out of his presence. And so, dear ones, a person being given the privilege of being in the life-giving presence of the Lord and a person being given the tremendous honor of being able to serve the Lord in some capacity. Dear ones, that is a tremendous privilege that God gives to you to be able to serve him in some capacity. You are serving the king of all kings. You are serving the Lord of all lords. You are serving the one who sits high and holy and above everything else, everyone else ever created. It is the tremendous honor and privilege that God gives to you to be able to serve him in some capacity. And dear ones, a person being given the blessing of having God's favor be upon your life. God's faith, the blessing of God's favor, just being on your life. The Lord's saying, whatever you put your hands to, when my favor is on you, whatever you put your hands to, I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless it. I didn't say it's going to be successful. I didn't say it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn out fantastic. You're going to make a million dollars. I didn't say that. God said, I'll bless it. Whatever you put your hands to, I'll bless it. If you do it for me, you do it in honor to me, you do it for my glory, I'm going to bless that. Now, God is the one that determines what kind of blessing comes out of it. He just says, I will bless it. And so, and so there was knowing that, realizing that, realizing that every time, every time God gives me something to say, he says, I need you to tell them this, or I need you to preach on that, or I need you to teach them this. Every time God tells me that, realizing, okay, Lord, I'm going to go into this, realizing you're giving me what to say. You're telling me what to say. As long as I stick, as long as I stick to your word and stay true to your word, you are going to bless what you give me to say. Now, how that turns out, I have no idea. How that turns out, I have no clue. It might result in a person giving me a phone call from another state saying, we need to put you on the radio. I don't know what God going to do. All I know is he told me if I stay true to what he told me to do, that he would bless it. And the same thing is true for you, dear ones. 
If you do what God is asking you to do, and you do it the way he's asking you to do it, and you stay true to doing it the way he's asking you to do it, he says, I'm going to bless it. I'm going to eat that. I'm going to put my hands on it. I'm going to bless it. I will bless that what I've given you to do. I will bless that which you have put your hands to. Because you're doing it in a way that is honoring and pleasing to yes. me. Amen. A lot of times there was we do what we want to do. And then we ask God to bless it. And God says, I ain't blessing that. Because I didn't ask you to do it. I didn't tell you to do it. And in fact, I advised you not to do it. And you did it anyway. And you still want me to bless it. And so, and so there was, we need to understand that, that a person being given these privileges also carries with it obligations and responsibilities that a person must attend to and must be aware of lest they begin to operate in ways that could disqualify them from being able to receive any of these things. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.